When I think of our culture and watched an awful lot of television over Christmas, went to the cinema a few times, went out to eat meals and just enjoyed being a normal person, if you can believe such a thing. I just found myself full of hope. I saw people being kind to one another, but also uh, there was a heaviness. And it wasn't some black demonic thing. It was something, I think, in the spirit. And I'm going to use a modern-day poet and a few, a few moments of a song just to set the scene. It'll speak more eloquently than I can in this moment. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. That song was written by Bob Dylan in 1973, long time ago. It's been voted as one of the 100 which doesn't sound very good, but when you consider how many songs are produced every day, top of the 100 most influential songs in pop history. It uh, has been covered by everything from the Royal Philharmonic right through to bands like Guns N' Roses and still is regularly recorded. And I think part of it's simplicity, it's just four chords. But the other thing is the sentiment, and this is what I think I was perceiving this Christmas, that actually people weren't hostile to faith. Last year was a dark year, as I've already said, in many ways. But people had all but lost hope, which is why our series, Coming Up to Christian, the birth of Christmas, the birth of hope was so important. And I think the perception is that there is a God and there is heaven, but we can't break through. It's not for us. And as we, as, we, as we sort of wilt and die, we're knocking on heaven's door, saying, is there anybody there? Does anybody care? Is there anybody there? Well, I think the message for us this year and the message for the community and this nation is, is that heaven's door is open. Heaven's door is open. Then in fact, contrary to all expectations, we're open for business. And that God has, has not barricaded the doors against us. Interesting enough in the scriptures at one point describes heaven being closed as brass. I love that poetic language. Closed as brass. Heavens are as brass. Nothing seems to break through. That is so contrary to the situation that we find ourselves in now. In fact, the doors have been swung wide and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who reigns and rules with the Father, has come to earth. He has been born as a baby. He has died upon that cross for our sins that we may come home. We may come home. And this is a year where I have a sense that God is saying, don't delay, don't put off, it's for now. We are in a season of harvest time, in a season where we can can take hold of the opportunities that God gives us, where we can expect good things from God, a time, if you will, a, a season of favor. Turn with me, if you will, on your smart devices or Bibles, it'll come up on the screen, to Psalm 126. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so used to planning ahead and it's so, it seems so rare that we come into that, that time of fulfillment when things actually happen, things actually pan out. 
And here we have this wonderful psalm, Psalm 126. Let me just read this to you. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. This is an extraordinary psalm, and it captures the very moment of joy and celebration when the children of Israel, who are in exile in Babylon, suddenly realize they're going home. Now, many of you will know, not all of you, but many of you will know that the children of Israel, they went into the, the promised land. Josh, uh, 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 Louis mentioned that last week. But unfortunately, in uh, five, next page of notes. Thank you very much. Lost my place, didn't bother to write that down. Good, that's helpful, Chris. It's 587, isn't it, fall of Jerusalem? 586. In 586, after prophetic word after prophetic word, the children of Israel, Jerusalem fell, the holy city, the unimaginable happened, the disaster of all disasters took place. And the people of Israel, all, all, all those of influence, all the movers and shakers and princes and princesses and the middle classes and all the rest were taken off, were literally transported, talk about migrants, to Babylon. They only left the poorest of the poor behind in Jerusalem. But everyone who had anything about them, make that look what you will, was taken off into exile. And the curious thing was there were many nations that had been relocated and they were used in various capacities, not always as slave laborers as in Egypt. Sometimes they were used according to their skills. And so there they were in Babylon. And Babylon was an extraordinary place. We, 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 there's no one, I, I can't point to anywhere that you can go and visit on holiday. It's all been destroyed. But in its day, so we are led to believe, it was one of the wonders of the world. Hanging Gardens of Babylon, one of the seven wonders of the world. And what isn't always known was that the walls were phenomenal. They had gardens along the tops of the walls. You could drive a chariot around the tops of the wall. It wasn't just a wall, it was mammoth. It was considered impregnable. But in 537 BC, it fell. It was a point of interest. The way it fell was not that, it fell without a battle even. There's some dispute about that. But it fell without a battle to Cyrus, a Persian Eastern king who came, and they were very bright. You know what they did? They dammed a river which flowed in and through Babylon, creating these wonderful green spaces, and then marched down the riverbed overnight. In a night, it fell. All these, you know, thousands upon thousands of slave laborers who built these extraordinary walls over 50, 60 years, you know, waste of time. Save your breath, go and do an allotment instead, you know. 
They, da- they did what nobody had thought. To- they dammed the river and then marched down the riverbed. The whole flipping army. And, and Babylon fell without, without a battle. Extraordinary. But God was at work. You can read that in the scriptures. If you, if you Google God, Cyrus, he's mentioned in the scriptures. God said, I'm going to use this guy called Cyrus. Even though he doesn't acknowledge me, he is my messenger to Babylon. With Cyrus's reign, who was a completely different kind of despotic leader, Cyrus decided that what was he going to do with all these flipping nations tripping him up? You know, what he did, he, 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 he took advice, he considered, and then he felt that the God of heaven was saying to him, send the Jews back to Israel, back to the promised land, to rebuild the temple and worship me there. And in the toss of a coin, that which seemed unthinkable, that which seemed uh, impossible, happened. And suddenly, the Jews have said, okay, you can go now. If if you want to stay, you're welcome to, but if if you want to go, you can go. And the priests and various other people went back first. There were a number of sort of migrations. And so this psalm was birthed at that moment when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, it was like we were walking around in a dream. Dreams come true. Dreams come true. You know, Louis asked a question last week. What's your Jordan? What's stopping you from moving into that place of blessing and fulfillment that God has put upon your heart to do? Have you given up on it? Don't give up on it. This is not the time to be giving up on a dream, especially if it's been given by God. It goes on, there's an interesting little thing here. I've always read this in a particular way at the end of this psalm, but I learned something this week. I love learning new things. Psalm 5 says this, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. It speaks to the hard labor of, of, of sowing. I mean, I, next week I'm going to elaborate a little more. It'll serve our purposes better if I do that next week. But I've always thought about this expression, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. I've just thought that as poetic language, you know, a lovely way of saying, you know, when you're weeping about some issue or some, your, your sin before God or some relationship that's broken, you know, when you're weeping and you're crying, out, you're sowing with tears. I love that language. Well, let's keep that because that's lovely language. It's poetic. It's beautiful. But actually, apparently, they were literally talking about sowing with tears because, as you know, in those days, the way the seed was sowed, it was cast. You cast it, you had a big sack of grain, and you would go on casting. And woe betide you if there was a wind or a breeze because you were casting this, and all this dust and muck and crud were blowing in your face. It was a horrible old job. So you're going along, and it's blowing in your face. That's what life feels like sometimes, isn't it? You know, you're plodding forward, you know where you've got to get to, but it's just like stuff, and it's just, you know, it makes your throat dry, and you think, God. Bennett, really, Lord, is this necessary? You know? Oh, God, you know, this is hard enough. You know, what's all this other stuff that's happening, you know? I'm trying to do this for you, but oh, my giddy aunt. You know the kind of experience. But that's different. That's different. Last week, I was very struck 
learned something new when Louis was talking about, I love the image that Louis had about, you know, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God parted the, the, the oceans so that they could cross through. But on this, it was as if they walked on top of the water. That's not quite true, but, but, the, but actually they walked across on dry land. The river Jordan was standing in the way, but as the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant worshiped, worship going before, that's, Nice imagery there. As they stepped into the River Jordan, so it seemed like the water all drained away, and it actually speaks to it. And it actually says that at this time, the Jordan was in flood. And I have to remind you something, that harvest time is a time of great joy, but it's also a time of hard, hard work, long hours. You know, you've got to get the harvest in as a, as a narrow time frame. It's a season. And after all the work that's gone before, now is the time for harvest, and you, everybody mans the pumps, to use another metaphor there. Everybody gets to it, and everybody works to, to get the harvest in. It's a time of really hard work. It's not a time of the living is easy. Summertime. Oh, getting in the groove there. Jazz. No, sorry. That's a, an in-joke, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. It's a time of hard work, but it's a time of great joy, a time of fulfillment, a time of, of, of just knowing God's favor and blessing. Proverbs 13, 12 has been something that we've kind of been banding around in the office a bit last year. Do I, have I got that, Proverbs 13, 12? Yeah, thank you. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Last year, I mean, as a team, uh, I mean, as a community, but as a team, we were so often de dealing with delays and deferment, and it, you know, every one of us at personal levels as well, it just seemed to be a year of delay and deferment, and you God, it does your head in. But I say this not because I'm trying to G you up like some team coach at a basketball team. I say this because I believe this was God's gift to me to say and said to me as we taught through the, the birth of hope. This year, this year is going to be a year of longings fulfilled. Believe again. I just want to see a show of hands. Thank you for the affirmation. I like this kind of sort of when people sort of say little things like that. But, but if you have, if, if you look back on last year and you can see a lot of setbacks, you know, good things as well, but things deferred and, and that's good news to you that, that this is going to be a year of longings fulfilled. Just put your hands up now. Let's just see whether this is going to, I mean, for heaven's sake, bless you, God. Thank you. You know, and those of you who've walked with me over many years will know that I, I do try and tell it as it is. And there's years when I stood up here, first one, and I said, do you know what, folks? God is good, but I just sense it's going to be tough this year. And this is how we're going to navigate toughness. And this is the teaching I want you to know as we, as we walk through this tough place. But this year is a year when we're going to see longing is fulfilled. Those of you who are, you know, uh, trying to have a baby and it's not coming yet, longing is fulfilled, blessing over you. Those of you who are struggling with your, your relationships or in the middle of difficult relationships, be you married or otherwise, you know, longings fulfilled. Don't give up. Those of you who are struggling with businesses, you know, waiting for, for some sort of breakthrough, longings fulfilled. Longings fulfilled. I, I really feel and sense that what God is saying is that this year is like a jubilee year, a year where things, are, things that were taken from you will be given back to you. And for us as a community, it's not just restoration. For us as community, and I'll say more about this next week, it's a year of opportunity. And we really, really will be advised to take risks this year 
because there's favor on us, there's favor on us. So hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life, a tree of life. You know, good trees send deep roots, press on, press in. And good trees, you know, they, they will endure and survive drought. Good trees will, will weather the storm. Good trees will not be blown over the first time some bad weather comes, and bad weather will come. Good trees are a symbol of life, and in this case, longings fulfilled. The other thing I just want to say before I move on is that in that imagery, that, that reference that Louis made to you know, the, the River Jordan, and I've said this to you before in another sermon series two or three years ago, what we've got to remember in times of challenge when we're facing a big Jordan in flood, in flood, is that God is at work upstream. Say that with me. God is at work upstream. The scriptures tell us that at a place called Adam, upstream, the water's all backed up. And what happened was the flow stopped and the river ran away, leaving a dry riverbed like the, you know, the assault on Babylon for the, for the Israelites to cross over. And I want to say to you, you've been struggling whether you've been saying or, or thinking, you know, God, where are you in all of this? I've prayed and prayed and prayed. I'm not being selfish. I don't believe that well, my, my conscience does not convict me of sin in this matter, but I've been crying out to you in this matter. Where are you? What are you doing? I want to say a prophetic word to you now. Fear not. Have faith. God is at work upstream. God is at work upstream. You don't know what he's doing up there. This is a year where suddenly things are going to open up. This is a year of favor. But didn't Jesus say his manifesto, Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to, good, to the poor, sight to the blind, and so on and so forth. In the year of our favor, in the year of the Lord's favor, there are some seasons that are just trials where we grow in character. Other seasons of harvest, seasons of opportunity, seasons of longings fulfilled. And I speak over us that which I've heard from God, that this year is a year of opportunity, a year of favor, a year of harvest, a year of longings fulfilled. Keep the faith. This is going to hate me for this, but somebody give me an amen there. Thank you. See, you said amen too then, didn't you? She didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's sitting on the back row. Okay. God is at work upstream. Okay, bring it into land now. Heaven's door is open. We're not knocking on heaven's door, cut out. The message that we take out into a community that has this soundtrack going around their culture and their psyche, knocking on heaven's door is that heaven's door is open. Open for us because of what Jesus has done. Open for us because of his death and his resurrection. If you don't know Christ yet, I want, I want you to go away, at least considering this good news, that you are welcome here, that you can enter in into God's love and favor. You're not cast outside the city walls 
cast off to your own devices. Heaven's door is open. Jesus, just to quote him in all of this, in John chapter four, verses 34 to 38, he said this, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know, finish, starting is important. Many people never, never get to the starting line. We have to start this Christian walk. We then have to persevere in this Christian walk. But you know, there is an end in sight. And in some matters, in this community, this faith community, God is saying, now finish the work. I wanna move on to new things. Finish the work. So in some aspects, maybe next door, we'll be finishing the work this year. More about that next week. Finish the work, Jesus said. And don't you have a saying, he says, it's still four months until harvest. That was kind of a, a shrug of the shoulders type of expression. That was, you know, if you were talking about something that wasn't going too well, if you were you know, talking about some, somebody's kind friend said to you, well, how are you doing? And you, they knew you were going through a bit of a hard time. You shrug your shoulders and say, well, it's still four months till harvest. You know, there was a kind of a, a, a quote of hope there. You know, there would be harvest, but at the moment there's still four months to go. But this had become kind of like par, par, common parlance. Yeah, there's still four months till harvest. Jesus says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months till harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps and draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reap is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have and you will reap the benefits of their labor. See, heaven's door is open. You're not locked out. You're not locked in to just despondency and despair. Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world, but there are seasons of harvest. There are seasons of fulfillment. It's part of the package. You know, they say every move of God has a soundtrack. Every move of God, when you look at the history of revival, there's always a soundtrack, or so it would be. I mean, the great Wesleyan revival. There were the great hymns, the Wesleyan hymns that the illiterate miners sung with tears streaming down their face in the tin mines of Cornwall. Even before that, Martin Luther, he took the popular pub songs of the day, the melodies, and wrote theology. And put, he was the first one to do a contemporary take on worship. It caused uproar and outrage, but the common people loved it. Yeah. <laughs> drink, drink, la, 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 became Jesus, Jesus, la, 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 or something like that. I don't know. Maybe not. Every move of God has a soundtrack. When the vineyard was born, birthed a whole new a whole, and I say vineyard born, I don't just mean this church, I mean the movement was born. It birthed a whole new type of worship with an emphasis on intimacy. We see it to this day. We don't sing about God, we sing to God. How I love you, Jesus. Lovely little song by Ryan Delmore. Well, this season, I believe, has a soundtrack. There's a new album coming out in a couple of weeks. It's a compilation of a number of new songs, but I'm delighted to just introduce this song as something of a soundtrack for the year. And what's more, I'm aided by 
Vineyard Records who came down here with all their film equipment one day and they set it up next door, redeemed that space and they uh, produced this video clip. Let's watch it and let it, let it speak to you. <laughs> 